Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels in 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Soriano Jr. You're listening to the Old Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is another edition of the All Angels Podcast, and I am Dan Garcia. So on this one... Uh, if you listen to last week's episode, you know what this one's about. But we are talking to the guys from the Beer Baseball blog. Um, you can follow them on Instagram, on Twitter, all that stuff. And I will put that those accounts in the description of this podcast. So make sure uh, to give them a follow. Check out what they're doing on um, Twitter and on uh, YouTube with their um, with their blogcast. They do every uh, Saturday or every Tuesday. Sorry, at five o'clock. Uh, but these guys are really cool to talk to. I had a, a lot of fun talking to them, and, and hopefully we'll have them back on soon, um, especially when baseball gets on because a lot of these guys are local guys and, and um, have some ties to, you know, Angels baseball, like watching Angels baseball. So, um, you know, this was a really fun one. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here you go. So on this edition of the All Angels podcast, I am – I feel lucky to be talking to these guys because these guys love baseball, I think, just as much as Johnny and I do. I'm talking to the guys from the Beer Baseball blog. Um, you know, there's three guys. The first one I want to introduce is Michael uh, Mondragon. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank, I'm really super psyched to be here today. Uh, really love Halo Haven and everything you guys do, so just a privilege to be here. And the next guest is going to be Angelo Trinidad. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Daniel. Thank you for uh, for having us uh, again. Just like Mike, I'm super excited to uh, take some time and, and chat with you. And uh, uh, thanks again for having us on. And last but certainly not least is Kevin Lyon. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's good to be talking to you guys. I've been I met Chris a few years ago at spring training, and then found about the podcast. I'm listening to you guys for the last year or so. Oh, that's awesome. That's always good to hear or talk to guys that also listen to us in return because. Um, so I'm going to get into it. The reason why I'm, I, I'm talking to you guys, because you guys do a lot of stuff on your social media, um, your your vlog uh, episodes every Tuesday at, at five o'clock on, I, I believe uh, you're on uh, Twitter, you're on YouTube, and I believe you're also on Twitch. Um, so the first thing I want to ask Michael is, how did this all get started? Well, um, it actually started in uh, 2016. My, my girlfriend and I, we used to run a social media uh, company that uh, kind of got involved with uh, craft beer uh, events in, in Santa Monica. And we found this really great, encouraging community of craft brewers, um, uh, not only here in L.A., but but Orange County, uh, San Francisco. And they were super supportive. And uh, at the time, I didn't consider myself much of a, of a beer uh, person. I thought I was more like a wine person. 
but I, I'd opened me up to this whole new craft beer movement that was uh, going on at the time. And uh, through that, I, um, we were in uh, Arizona at a Diamondbacks game of all places. And uh, there was a craft beer uh, like place in right field. And as I was sitting there, uh, I just randomly looked up beer baseball, uh, see if the, if the domain was available. And uh, I go, you know what? I should do something that connects craft beer and my love of baseball. And uh, what I what happened was the beer baseball blog, and it was just basically my way of documenting uh, basically my life and my journey in baseball. Um, and and then really uh, the extra added you know cherry on top as, as it were was was the craft beer. And what I found out was there was so much craft beer. Um, in all these different cities, people coming up, but then there was baseball related beers and then beers in the stadiums and stuff like that. And I started like researching it more and I'm like, wow, this is actually a thing. And I noticed that no one else was doing it, which was very, very interesting to me. And very few times in your life will you find something that, that, um, you, you know, it's, you know, baseball obviously is a huge thing. Craft beer is a huge thing. Uh, but bringing them both together, no one was doing it. So it was really a great um, uh, outlet for me. Uh, you know, I'm a graphic artist by by trade, so um, just doing uh, art and uh, following it, and you know, do, uh, enhancing our social media uh, with it, and it's just like it's just kind of really in the in the past five years, it's just really grown really quickly. And um, you know, then I started doing more live stuff. On, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I started doing more like video stuff opposed to just blogging you know i was just writing before but then i started doing video and um you know uh, kevin lyon who who is on the call and and angela trinidad who we would see when we go to angel games all the time uh we just we we had a connection uh through professional wrestling of all things <laughs> um which which we'll explain later but but um we actually had a, a base love of baseball and uh, and and really, uh, craft beer just really super enhanced that. So that's a that's a long answer, but but it's really it's just one of these things that's that's really uh, you know we put the seeds in and it just it's grown really quickly. You know, and it's funny you tell me that story because your story about you starting it and then having kind of buddies join in on it just because of the commonality of a lot of the stuff. It, it reminds me a lot of. Um, how Halo Haven became, how All Angels Podcast became, because Chris was the one that started everything up, at least with Halo Haven, our, our social media stuff. And then between us, follow, like myself, following him, and then like, oh, look, he's down the street from us, and he's having a, like a watch party. Let's go check it out. And then kind of growing, you know, through Angel fandom that way. Um, that's how I became of became a member of Halo Haven, and that's kind of how Johnny became a member of Halo Haven too. Just the whole um, common uh, thread of, of Angels baseball, and it seems like it's a very kind of similar story between. Uh, you guys. So, Kevin, I want to ask you, because we have met before at spring training a handful of years ago. When did you jump on board with the baseball, uh, beer baseball blog? Uh, it would have been right around the same time he started it, because obviously, it's, as he said, we had a connection to wrestling. I've known Michael for over 20 years. And it's funny because we, you know, we weren't seeing, we weren't as close as we had because we hadn't seen each other. Then all of a sudden, like, I was already going to craft breweries by Angel Games because I live in Anaheim and I would go to usually Noble Ale Works and somehow we connect that all together and all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, we're all talking about going to baseball games and breweries and he's like, hey, I'm starting this up. 
help us out. And it's funny because I'm closer now with Michael than I ever was during the wrestling days, as, as funny as that kind of sounds now. And so, okay, so because I, I, I met Chris at a spring training game in, I want to say, 2016. That I literally went right, to a game yeah. and I was sitting next to Chris. And I, I'm like, well, what's the Halo Haven jersey? And he's telling me about because he said it was made by Ebbets Field. And we're just talking. And he's like, oh, yeah, I live by uh, San Francisco. I'm like, oh, yeah, I go to Inland Empire Games. And I made sure we stay in contact after that. So I got to see the bus. Got to go, oh, Michael yeah. and I got to see the bus at, <laughs> at opening day, I believe, in 2018. Oh, at, at but it, yeah, that was um, the uh, what what was that the burrito night? Oh, last off the top of my head, I don't remember. I remember getting a Vlad Guerrero pin, and he was yeah. literally parked under the A. It would have been uh, oh, 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 sorry, night yeah, yeah, Angel, night. yeah, Angel. I thought, yes. I thought you were talking about sixty. Oh yeah, I never yeah. got to go to IE when he's there at the bus. Yeah, so yeah, but at least I got to under the big A. Yeah, so Angelo, uh, same and, question. When did you start? Um, you know, jumping on. Yes, I, I think officially now is, was really from the, the 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 pilot episode of the blogcast. But as Mike mentioned, you know we you know we, we've all known each other for a long time, and you know, sitting here listening to you know to Mike and Kevin, I was thinking how how long I've, I've known these guys, and I met Mike and Kevin back in two thousand five. So it was fifteen years that, that we've that that the three of us oh, collectively wow. have known each other, and that's insane, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, but but um, oh but yeah, you know, Mike mentioned earlier. You know, I would always see him at Angel Games. Uh, I was a season ticket holder several years ago, and go to you know at least you know at least try to go to you know fifteen twenty games a season. Um, and uh, I would all you know, anytime we'd be at the same game together, we'd always find an opportunity to link up and, and hang out and catch up and really just kind of pick up you know the conversation where where it left off whenever it last happened, but. Um, uh, so I don't, I've always kind of been around, but I think officially, um, you know, kind of joined the team when, when we launched this blogcast, which, uh, you know, kind of, you know, started out in a, with, with a very small idea and just kind of a fun suggestion amongst friends and kind of, you know, evolved into, into what it is. And I'm sure we're going to kind of dive into it, but it's, it's really cool how everything kind of came together and, um, you know, Mike, Mike, and, you know, mentions it all the time in, in our conversations with Kevin, are, are the commonality in, in, in wrestling is what kind of brought us together, uh, but it's our love and passion for baseball that's going to continue to keep us lifelong friends, and I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, that's definitely a really, a really, really cool thing. Just kind of like, wow, like you said, the years that you guys have been friends, and it seems like you guys are even closer now than, than before. So, Michael, I want to ask you, where did your love of baseball come from? Is it something passed down from, like, generational? Is it something you picked up as a kid, or what, what's your story with baseball? I uh, I actually have a pretty tragic story with baseball. Uh, I <laughs> I was a, a mediocre player at best and and uh, growing up. Um, but baseball has always been one of those things for me that's that's been in my heart uh, because, as I mentioned before, I'm a, I'm a graphic artist, and one of the ways that I started. Um, uh, like kind of learning how uh, kind of branding and drawing and th drawing things that I really liked was I actually uh, used to draw baseball logos. So um, I, I would I love like the Montreal Expos logo and the old New York Mets logo. And, you know, I, I would I would literally draw them. And, and uh, my, my grandparents, I grew up in, I grew up in Arizona, so we didn't have a team. So like I would watch, you know, uh, Saturday baseball, the uh, the game of the week, you know, so I, I would see all these different teams. That's the only way I could see 
uh, teams out of market, basically, in Phoenix. So I would, uh, you know, I would watch, you know, Vince Scully here would, you know, you would get him in L.A. But like I watched him and Joe Garagiola, you know, do the, the game of the week on NBC. So I, I, I started just like watching these things and, and I just loved all the uniforms. And and uh, I was also kind of a, a I was a football fan, but more for the, like the uniforms and, and the color schemes and stuff like that. So I started diving in and by like 13, I was uh, I was selling um my my logos at a at a baseball card shops. Okay. So um so to to buy baseball cards because I I started getting into collecting baseball cards, and um so I I just you know but meanwhile I was I was cut from uh, my high school baseball team as a senior, uh you know and and uh, in, you know I, I I didn't I didn't play as much as I wanted to uh, but I I kept on going to games uh, I kept on traveling and kind of. A lot of the stuff that I'm sharing now, I've never had an outlet to share. Like, for instance, and on my about section of my blog, I have all these old pictures of me at all these stadiums. And uh, so I, I knew that it was always something in my heart. Uh, recently, I kind of reconnected with um, there's a I live in um, right outside Pasadena uh, in a place called Sierra Madre. And right down the street in Arcadia, California, is a uh, baseball card shop that I reconnected uh, with or actually just initially connected with uh but reconnected my my love of collecting baseball cards uh through that uh and a lot of encouragement uh by the guy who owns it his name is eric newton um he um is actually involved with uh dodger films so uh bobby crosby has this youtube channel of like a million people and they go play softball they also do video games and stuff like that but bobby crosby used to be a guy who used to uh catch uh, fly balls and in batting practice at Dodger Stadium and film himself, and until they until the, you know basically Vin Scully uh, talked about it and uh, the Dodgers shut him down, <laughs> but um, he he, he kind of moved on from it. But what I, one thing that that um, Eric got involved with the softball league there and through that really grew his YouTube channel, and he was really encouraging me. He says, "Hey man, you you got something here. You should definitely start doing." you know, some more videos, you should definitely, you know, do all these things because you have a lot to share. You have a lot of knowledge about baseball. And, uh, and I didn't realize it either that, uh, that I'm as big a nerd of baseball. And then I, I became a bigger nerd of craft beer. So uh, it, it's just like now it's just been been this almost like um, a treasure hunt now we we go and we love going to like minor league games independent games uh we have uh, you know the fact that uh there's the uh the riverside smudge pots i can't yep. wait to go to one of those games what um you know and, and and just you know there's so much baseball out there i mean i i've been to baseball when i went to japan i went to uh, a Tokyo Giants game at the at the Tokyo Dome, but right down the street there was um, a, a kids at a little league park, and we watched we so we watched the lowest form of baseball in Japan and the highest form of baseball in Japan. So like I want to share these different things of these different adventures that I have, and now I have two guys with me that that equally share uh, my passion for it and also can contribute to the conversation. So uh, just recently, as Angela said, I mean. Because of this pandemic, and you know now, God, you know this is awful. That all even more stuff that's going on right now. Um, we we've gone live every uh, Tuesday just to basically just chit chat about baseball and beer. And 
we, we've actually had uh, we actually had a great thing happen to us where we actually have to find <laughs> we actually have to scale it back because we were we were getting too long winded. It's it's going like now like an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, but but it's uh, it, it's a great problem to have, and uh, I it's really something to look forward to every Tuesday. So same question to you, Kevin. Um, where does your fandom come from? Is it is it like I said? Is it generational, passed down, or is it the same thing where you just kind of grew up and and loving the game? I need to ask you a question first. What's this Riverside team you just guys talked about that I don't know about? <laughs> the Riverside is, Smudge what? Pots. Yeah, it's uh, Chris's uh, and Johnny's team out in Riverside. They play old school baseball as far oh, as – Oh, the old time baseball. Yeah, like the uh, okay. 19 okay. or the 1880s, uh, I think, uh, rules with the dead ball and, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> So I'm just laughing. I've, I've seen footage. I didn't know that was the team name. I, I'm like, was there some new independent team coming? Yeah, like, no, that's the team, the Smudge Pots. Yep. Because <laughs> I went to the Riverside Red Wave or the Riverside Pilots back when they were playing at like the dingy, I don't know if it was UCR's baseball field yeah. or what in like the late 80s. Um, to answer your question, I more or less was born into it because I've lived in Orange County my entire life. And it started my mom was and my Uncle's gigantic Angels fans to the point where I actually had season tickets in 83 and 84 to where I was bringing my homework with me every day and just it's like I was living at the stadium every single night. And a funny thing is one time I'm doing my homework and literally a piece of paper blew away from me and blew over the barrier. And I'm like, how do I explain that at school the next day? You know, that's the my dog get my homework excuse. And, and I don't know if there's any longtime fans, but I, I got to see – if anybody remembers this guy, I was in the same section as this guy. His name was his nickname was Mr. C, and he was like, and he looked like he was in the eighties, back in the eighties. He was an old fan who I think had been there since nineteen sixty one, and he would have all these shirts and paraphernalia on him. And his gimmick was he'd be banging cushions all the time, like the whole <laughs> game, just yelling and screaming. I'm like, he was one of those old school, like you know, eighty two games a year guys, and I'm like, ah, I miss like those kind of fans, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, yeah, I, I stuck around. I didn't go to as many games later on, and uh, my baseball fandom kind of tapered off there for a little bit. And eventually, I started going back to games around the early 2010s. The irony is, I think the first year I didn't go to an Angel game was 2002. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll bring this story to light because I'm waiting for Michael to bring it up if I don't. I was actually – he knows what I'm going to say. Game six of the 2002 World Series – I was at the pond across the street watching Tony Hawk's Boom Boom Jam. It was like a skate show, BMX, and um, and I wanted to see the band Devo because they're one of my favorite bands. They're playing, and then meanwhile, I see all these people watching the monitors as the comeback was happening in Game Six. And all of a sudden, after Devo's down, I'm like watching the game going, "Oh my God, they're actually going to win a World Series!" And all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh, the little kid me came back out." <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, <laughs> and. And it's ironic because the craft beer thing, you know, it ties into me and Michael because um, if you ever know of Noble Ale Works, they're literally walking into Angel Stadium. I knew one of the original owners through my work. So I was going there pretty much right when they first opened. And that's where Michael and I, that's the first brewery I think we met at. And that's our little reconnection. If you ever go to Angel Games, you can park there and just walk right over to the game. You know, it's great. Yeah, that's a nice little convenience right there. Um, Angela, yes. what about what about yourself? How did you get into baseball? Yeah, so um, you, know, uh, gr I grew up in uh, in Northern California in Stockton. So 
Uh, my first exposure to, to baseball was um, in the early 90s. Um, we had, there's a minor league team still there at the Stockton Ports, now a minor league affiliate, the single A affiliate for the for the Oakland A's. And, uh, you know, uh, back, I mean, back in the early 90s, they were practically giving away uh, tickets to these games. So uh, that was my first exposure to baseball. And I kind of just fell in love with the with the experience, you know, just from from entering the, the ballpark and you smell the popcorn and you see, you know, you, you hear the music, you see the mascot and, and all that stuff. So that that's kind of what started my affinity for baseball. I, I didn't really grow up um, uh, knowing much about baseball. I'm actually first generation uh, in the United States. My family's from the Philippines. And um, so I wasn't really exposed to a lot of sports, even when I was young. So every, it's just anything I saw on TV or that we kind of went to live. So it was, it was kind of cool for my first experience to be, you know, live in, in, in a minor league game, because then that just made everything else that came along after that uh, an even bigger experience. So from, you know, to, to, from going to games to Billy Hebert Field in, in Stockton to, you know, going to Oakland A's games at the Oakland Alameda Coliseum and, to the Candlestick Park for the San Francisco Giants and, and later, you know, Pacific Bell Park. It just made every experience, you know, become, you know, bigger and bigger. So um always, you know, so that's kind of where my love for, for baseball started. And, you know, obviously it's, a, it, you know, um, who doesn't love beer? So it's just kind of a, a marriage made in heaven. So, you know, that's true. And, and, it, and it, that's cool to hear because, like, yeah, you go to these minor league parks, you know, for you, it was up there in Stockton for down here for for me. Um, going to the uh, Illinois Empire 66ers, you know, even as an adult, it kind of relights that fire of uh, for baseball just because everything is so close. Everything is so personal, it feels like, there because it's not this huge stadium you walk into, whether it be like Angel Stadium or, you know, Peckle Park or anything like that. It's Everything's kind of small and everything, you know, everyone's real accessible as far as players and, and all that stuff. So that's definitely a good way, I think for people to get into baseball if they have like young kids or looking to get into baseball themselves is, is go to these minor league parts, go to these minor league games, because it's definitely a different um, feel there than uh, at a major league park uh, just because of the size of everything. So we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk to you guys about your, your vlog you guys are doing every Tuesday night on uh, different social media networks. So we'll be right back after this. I'd like to take a second to shout out the network that helps distribute our show, Armchair Media. Armchair is a collection of 50-plus podcasts, including ours, trying to localize the sports world a little bit more. We've been with them since approximately 15 months and have enjoyed growing our audience with theirs. Starting June 1st, Bet Online will serve as a title sponsor for Armchair as well as our show. This will open up the possibility to develop merchandise lines, as well as potentially host live events once we return to semblance or normalcy. With NASCAR, UFC, and golf coming back, Bet Online has hundreds of games and events to bet on. They have live and simulated sports, as well as a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge you can enter for free. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device to check out the action. Bet Online is your online wagering solution. In addition to Bet Online coming aboard, Armchair will now serve as the host network for the world's largest skateboarding podcast, The Nine Club. Hosted by professional skaters Chris Roberts and Kelly Hart, The Nine Club talks every week with the biggest names in skating. They're on social media at The Nine Club. To see all things Armchair, search Armchair Media wherever you get your pods. Also, check us out on Armchair's website 
armchairmedianetwork.com and our social channels at Armchair Media. Armchair Media. Those who can, do. Those who can't, take a seat. Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. Again, thank you. I want to thank our sponsors for uh, helping us out and, and keeping this thing going. So one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk to you guys was the vlog you guys do every Tuesday night, the beer baseball um, on your, like I said, your YouTube, your, uh, your uh, Twitter and everything like that. So I kind of want to go by talk about different little segments you guys have in your uh, in your show. And I guess the first one is every episode you guys kind of start off by you ask each other, what are you drinking? And we kind of touched on it a little bit about how much you guys are really into the craft brew, um, you know, uh, beers and stuff like that. So, Michael, when you find a good craft beer, are you do you tend to use it for different shows or do you try to change it up every show? We try to change it up uh, every show, and, and that's the beauty of it. There's so many out there. Uh, we have a guest on tomorrow that's from San Diego, so I was really trying to find specific beers from San Diego. Uh, but also, uh, you know, it, it's one of our wrestling connections, so I was trying to find uh, the Steve Austin uh, beer. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't get it because everything is shut down now. Um, but, uh, I know Kevin is probably going to talk about this too. He has one that's specific to San Diego. Uh, it's a new one from, uh, Alesmith, uh, the Tony Gwynn, uh, 394 pale ale, but it's a hazy. So like, we really try to be topical, uh, when it comes to this, uh, Angelo's also, uh, also introduced us to some beers that we might not know about in some different areas. So, uh, that's been, um, a, a, again everybody kind of brings something new to the table and really it's it's an education as much as uh, a conversation so i'm not much of a uh, a microbrew or or anything like that you know i guess i'm traditional budweiser bud light all that stuff i do kind of dabble in it every once in a while so i'm going to ask you angela what type of beer are your favorite to if someone like me is asking you for you know a starter if you will what's what's a good kind of beer to start out with yeah, so you know, I'm I'm very much like you. I mean, um, not only am I the the newest official addition to to the to I, I guess the roster and the team, but I'm also the newest when it comes to being exposed to craft beer. So much like yourself, 
you know, a, a pretty traditional, you know, Coors Light, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra um, would typically be my go-tos. So that what that kind of translated for me is to lean more towards um, the lighter lagers or, um, you know, kind of the, the, the lighter beers with a, with a lower IBU just to kind of, um, cause it's what my palate is used to and then kind of dipping and, and dabbing in, in some of these other beers. So the one thing that, um, that this, this, uh, broadcast is really, you know, is really going to stretch me to do is to try a new beer every week. So, um, every beer that I've tried in the, you know, uh, in, in every episode has been the first time I've ever tried that beer. And, uh, and I've loved all of them. And, and it, it, while I'm leaning towards the lighter, uh, the lighter side, um, tomorrow, um, I'm excited about the beer that, that I'm going to be trying, which is going to be a little bit outside of my wheelhouse. Um, but I'm really excited to, um, uh, to kind of, uh, expand my palate. But, uh, for you, some of my favorites have been, um, as far as suggestions go, um, I, on the first episode, I had a Figueroa Mountain Brewing Company uh, 101 uh, Light Ale. Um, very uh, crisp, very refreshing, very light. So I would definitely recommend that. Um, and then last week, I had a Latitude 33 uh, Light Brew as well. Um, and that was very good. So um, those are very similar in taste uh, to your Bud Light, Coors Light, etc. So those would be some of my two recommendations that. The one that I really enjoyed um, recently on our Cinco de Mayo episode, we uh, uh, we drank the uh, Stone uh, Brewing Co. Um, uh, Buena Vesa. Is yes. that what it's called? Yep. That's it. Um, I was looking it, it up it, for you. The, it's a it's a it's a salt and lime lager. Oh wow! And uh, I'm also I'm also a big um, uh, Mexican lager fan as well. So. Um, this was kind of, you know, it kind of fell somewhere as far as the bitterness in between Corona and uh, and Dos Equis, and uh, it was very, very good. Um, so that's definitely going to um, uh, actually it's going to be returning this weekend um, <laughs> when I celebrate my birthday. So, but 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 yeah, so th- those are some re- some recommendations. But I've really leaned a lot on on Mike and Kevin's. Uh, expertise because um, they'll know kind of, they they know what my palate is so you know they're not going to recommend me something that's gonna you know, have an IBU of you know you know sixty because they know it's it's not necessarily in my wheelhouse yet so we're kind of working that way but I've I've gotten a couple great suggestions from from Kevin out of um, uh, to to uh, visit Gamecraft Brewery here in Laguna Hills uh, Mike's made some really great suggestions uh, across the board so. I'm really – one of the things I'm most excited about this project is really expanding my horizon and, and broadening my, my palate for craft brew. So I'm even uh, more excited to be – once this uh, kind of quarantine goes away to where I can get together with these two guys and we can you know hit up, uh, hit up a bunch of different breweries. So, so Kevin, what type of, of brew are, is your favorite? What kind of what, – what do you, a guy that's been doing this for a while, uh, lean towards? <laughs> It's funny because literally I was waiting for you to say, what are you drinking, Kevin? I'm like, I'm drinking <laughs> this IPA called Art is Hard by North Park Brewery out of San Diego. That's what I'm sipping on right now. Um, but anyway, um, I normally, because I've been drinking, you know, I normally like to have the hoppier kind of things. You know, it usually has a, a higher percentage. So I'm like, okay, I can have a couple of these. I'll be feeling good with that. And, you know, that just takes time because I would never tell you, hey, get an IPA because you're going to drink that and be like, oh, this is so bitter and gross. So the IBU, the higher the IBU is, the more 
bitterness and hops you're going to taste. So for you, since you're not much of a drinker, if you see an IBU on there, you're going to want to look for a lower number. And since I am the field, I am the senior research analyst of Beer Baseball Blog, <laughs> um, so at if you go to Inland Empire 66ers game, and this is for everyone in general, Hager 24 has a spot on the third base side. Right. And so a couple things I'd recommend to you is they have a – I believe it's a, it's called the American light. It's an elevated, it's like a light beer. So instead of getting a Bud or a Bud Light, you could try something on the more craft beer side. They make that. And also Hangar 24 makes a Mexican lager called Aventura. So that may be a couple of things you want to try next time you're at an IE game. Like, oh, hey, I know, you know, they have this area, but I don't want to drink. So remember for yourself, you'd probably like the Aventura or the American light. They you usually have those on draft and I've been over there. Yeah, you know what that makes that 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 helped me too because I have seen stuff like that. But when you're going to a ball game and you want to put down that money, it's kind of like you want to enjoy. You want to make sure you enjoy. It's kind of that's not the time yeah. to take a risk because you know for the prices of some of the beers nowadays, it's kind of like oh, yeah. ah, do I want to take absolutely I mean, that sounds good, but do I want to take a risk on it? So it's good to know that I, you know next time I go, whether it be this season or next yeah. season, I, I I have that kind of in the back of my head now. I'm like, okay, it's not yeah. going to be the worst. Take thing notes in the world. on those two. I've seen those two at about every IE game i've been to um there's something called i believe it's called hell's lager i think i've seen as well and that one uh, oh no oh you know what i think it's called hell's bells i'd have to remember what kind of beer that is but i say stick with the two i told you because even on the little tap it may not give you all the information you need and you never know if the server is going to be giving you the information you want or not and honestly if it's a hot day you're not going to want to drink a heavy ipa you're going to want something a little lighter you know so I hope that helps. Next you know, time actually, that helps out a ton. That helps out a ton. I'm like taking notes right here uh, about IBUs and stuff, stuff like that. I had no idea. So I guess, Michael, I want to ask you for a person like me, just kind of, again, not totally into it. But what's the difference between your regular beers? Like I said, like your Budweiser, Bud Light, Coors Light and these craft brews. What, what's the difference for if you're trying to explain it to somebody? So uh, the, the way I try to explain it is is uh, think about it as like independent baseball and major league baseball. Okay. So the craft breweries are, are like the, the up and coming breweries. So like literally a lot of these guys like started in their kitchens homebrewing. And when they came up with their recipes, they started making bigger and bigger batches. And then a lot of them then had a, had a, have a little place. Uh, I, I went to a place, uh, up in San Carlos one time and it, like, it was out of a garage and you couldn't even barely get in there. You could, there could only have like five or six people at a time, but they were just literally just had these home, uh, these small, uh, things that they were brewing and, uh, you could only try them like, uh, maybe like for a week. And so they're really super small. What happens is, is these breweries get popular. And they start getting bigger and they start doing bigger batches and bigger and bigger, so much so that they get popular and they need more financing. So that's where these uh, bigger, uh, what, what are considered macro brews, come in and they, they, they basically either buy them out or help finance them. And they basically uh, are able to distribute these on a, on a, on a bigger level. So, but there's also like kind of mystery craft beers out there that, that say they're craft beer, but they're actually made by the macro beers. So like InBev and, uh, you know, the, the people that make like the Budweiser's and, right. you know, and a lot of the bigger beers. 
So, uh, like, uh, we were just talking um, recently about, um, you know, you know, what's your favorite IPA? And people would, would chime in and say, like, oh, Space Dust IPA uh, from Elysian Brewing. And Elysian Brewing is, is basically a Budweiser uh, uh, you know, product, uh, which is not a bad thing. And I, and I, I want to really stress here that I, we're not against uh, macro beers. The, the cool thing about what we do is, uh, like, for instance, when I went to go see the Fresno Grizzlies, there's a, there's a place that's literally right over the wall um, in right field called Tioga Sierra Brewing. It is one of the greatest hidden breweries ever, and it's right there next to the ballpark. And it's like I, I, w- I had so much fun going to the brewery beforehand than going to the Grizzlies game that night. So that's the kind of things that I wanted uh, to really show out there that, no, it, it's, you know, there isn't just Corona out there. There isn't just, you know, the Dos Equis, which are great. And, you know, I've had them many times. But uh, I, I've, I found that the adventure is really finding these uh, little craft breweries. And, and by craft, meaning like small batch, they, they just do small batch brewing. Uh, and, but they're super awesome. And so like, for instance, like stone brewing is one that's, um, that's more San Diego, San Diego related. And they're probably the, one of the biggest, um, craft breweries, even though they're huge, they're, they're, they're really big and they're, they're well distributed. Uh, but they still have like, um, an indie feel to them because they, they, and they have, and, uh, in fact, I think that, uh, recently they were, um, they were in a lawsuit with Keystone Light that kind of uh, tried to uh, do some packaging that was kind of trying to uh, compare with Stone. There was kind of confusion in the marketplace. And it was really a bold step for them to step up and, and challenge them on that. So, uh, again, um, we've really dug deep. And I think that's one thing that we would like to do in our broadcast is uh, show that there's, there's really cool places out there and they're good people and they support each other which in, uh, in business you don't find a lot. So it's, it's fantastic. So thank so, you for asking that. Yeah, so, you, so you, you do find these guys kind of like as a, a tight-knit uh, community, if you will. Like everyone kind of knows everyone, especially in the regional kind of market. Absolutely. And one of the things that I learned is that, like, for instance, the, when, when some of these uh, breweries, like say they run out of hops, they can call another place huh. and help them like get the hops like like that doesn't happen in other places they're like okay well if you don't get it you know i'm sitting on something valuable they're not, yeah i'm not going to give it to you right and 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 in for instance like for instance uh, like if if a customer comes into their place and they don't really like their beers that they'll actually be really inquisitive about it and say hey well what kind of beers do you like oh you may want to check out this place you may want to check out this place so it's not there's not a, like a lot of uh, there's there's competition, of course, but but there's also these are craft beer fans. No, and, that, and then when they great. found out we were doing baseball, it's a it's instant marriage. Yeah, <laughs> um, Michael, Michael, can I add too that what happens too is a lot of beer, a lot of brewers, a collab where brewers from one brewery will go to another brewery and they'll make beers together, and that's a real cool thing that's going on in the community as well. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Kind of across, yeah. uh, you know 
thinking together to make something better. So, you know, obviously that's like the the first part of your of your show is kind of asking or part of the first part, asking what everyone's drinking. Another part that I really enjoy is your and I'm sorry, Angela, to bring this up, um, your baseball card oh, wars, because no. you guys keep track of winners. <laughs> you guys have your own rules. I have been watching, so I do know exactly the backstory for all this. Um, and hopefully by the time this airs, um, Angela can get a win on the board. But I wanted to say, like, as kind of an inner kid, the, bas- the baseball card, or even I, I did baseball, I did basketball, I did a bunch of, uh, of uh, sport cards, but that kind of hit something with me as kind of a nostalgic feel. Whose idea was to do this kind of a baseball card war? So when I first started, um, I, I started going into the Hall of Fame baseball cards. Um, we, we started doing these things and I started seeing kind of the, uh, the, you know, I, I found my love again for collecting like old cards, but there was the, the, the great thing was there was a whole bunch of new cards, which I hadn't even known about, you know, tops, uh, has their lines, but they also have like Bowman and, uh, you know, there's some other lines out there that, that people may be familiar with, but actually tops has them and they kind of have releases, so they'll be have different uh, t- uh, different products come out all the time, and I we started opening opening them up. And what they would do in the shop is they would have these kind of what what are, what are called pack wars. So basically, uh, I would play against another person, and whoever had we we would just pick like hey, uh, you know most RBIs. You know we have to look up okay. who who has the most RBIs, and then who if the person has a card with the most RBIs, they win that pack. So it was kind of like fun, and I had never played either. I had, I had strictly collected. I didn't want anybody to have the cards that I had in my hand. And uh, so, it, you know, being older now, like, they they weren't as much to me. They probably meant more to someone else uh, in that thing. But 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 that was the fun of it. There was actually some really fun uh, competition in it. Um, and if in the cards that I remember from, like, the late 70s, there was actually a baseball game on the back. Um, and I think this was in other cards too. So people would actually play, you know, card games. I mean, in the, in the fifties and sixties, um, you know, that was actually how, you know, card collecting kind of, you kind of traded and stuff like that. You actually played against each other. So, uh, now they have like a lot of higher end cards as well. So I think it's also exposed a lot of people to, wow, there's still a card collecting culture out there and they're still putting out stuff. Now there's autograph cards and relic cards and you know signed baseballs and signed jerseys and you you basically buy them and you don't know who you're going to get and uh so it's it's a bit like gambling but uh, it's but it's fun and and it's kind of really brought back a lot of uh, nostalgia for all of us so angelo i want to talk to you how are you doing about this because uh last time i saw your over how are you uh how are you holding up with that and how are you uh dealing or how do you uh look at baseball cards different now well, first off, I, I appreciate you rubbing salt in the wounds. <laughs> but so I try uh, not to, Angelo. Hey. As the first place person, I try not to rub it in. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, you know, hey, I, you know, this is uh, this is probably my my favorite segment uh, that we do every week, and 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 and, and, and you know, my, minus the 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 losing streak. Um, the the reason why. I love the segment is I'll be completely honest, you know, the pilot episode when I opened that, that first pack of tops opening day, uh, on camera, that's probably the first pack of baseball cards I've opened in, you know, well over, it's gotta be 20, 20, 30 years. You know, I, I collected a lot when I was younger, uh, and, 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 um, 
and uh, it just kind of brought that that sense of nostalgia back, and um, the excitement of you know, not only okay, am I going to get the high card, but you know who am I going to pull in this pack, right? And last week was a was a great example of that. You know, we don't know what we're pulling, and and Kevin pulled that that relic card with the with the jersey mm-hmm. uh, with David the, Doll. Jersey, the, the David David Doll, Doll. I got it right here. I'm ready. So <laughs> got the standby. You know, so in. in um, and that kind of just brought back memories of how I, you know, how I was when I would open cards, you know, when I was younger. And you know, even to the point now, uh, uh, the other day I was driving with my wife and uh, we're getting some food. And I, I, there's a there's a baseball card shop next to this place that we've eaten, you know, literally, you know, almost a you know hundred times. And I didn't wow. notice there was a baseball card place next to it until. Sunday and now I'm like wow I really need to go there you know, <laughs> you know once it opens back up and you're hooked I can't, yeah I'm like, yeah I, I can't wait to yeah, I can't wait to to um you know link up with with Mike and Kevin and, and head over to Hall of Fame baseball cards and, and check it out for myself in person and um you know it's it's kind of you know, kind of been bit with the bug a little bit and it's funny because you know a lot of the you know most of the cards that we've you know th- that we've opened I've you know you know, stacked them all up. I have an eight-year-old son. I gave him to him, and you know, he's you know kind of doing what he wants with them. But you know, there I have a there's there's a, a stack of maybe you know eight ten cards that I kind of kept for myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my wife, you know, teasing me. You know, what are you planning on doing with those? Don't worry about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out when I get there, kind of deal. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, it's really reignited. <laughs> Uh, reignited my my uh, you know uh, some you know hobby of mine that was that was huge. I mean, we recently uh, uh, were cleaning out my the house I grew up in, and we found all my old sports cards. I collected baseball, basketball, baseball, and then even you know X Men cards and stuff. And we found my entire like not my entire collection, but we found a box of a, a lot of my cards and kind of just reminiscing about all that stuff combined with you know, this, uh, th- this new passion project of ours, it's, uh, it's super exciting. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm super, uh, super excited to kind of see where it goes and, and where it takes what, the next level of fandom that it takes me to. So, so Kevin, what about you? Where, where does the love for cards? Are you, have you been collecting cards for a while or is it kind of the same I'm story where cringing. Just, uh-huh. well, I'm like cringing cause I'm hearing him say he found his stuff. I'm like, I wish I could find <laughs> I wish on myself would appear because Mike will tell you he has two. OK, to backtrack. Um, so, like I said, early on in my life, in, I was going to Angel Games a season ago, 8384. My mom and I and my dad, we were going to card shows starting in 1984. All right. Let me tell you about one of the first card shows I went to. I got an autograph of this guy named Hank Aaron. Have Ooh. you heard of him? Oh, uh, yeah, just a little. <laughs> Six dollars for his autograph. Wow, that's one of the first card shows I ever went to. So yeah, I got an autograph. I don't know where that is now. Unfortunately, oh, I was lost. No. <laughs> and my, but, I mean, but you know, I'm just like when I think of it, that mind, it's like, oh my god. So yeah, I was doing the card show thing until the mid '90s or so. When you know, I get up out of high school and all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, there's other things besides baseball. You know, you grow up that sometimes that thing's laughing. You know, and um, my passion after baseball cards was I really like collecting minor league cards and that tied into me going to minor league games. And we would do trips around going to like minor league games and going to baseball card shows to the point where I actually knew Duke Snyder, the, the famous all famer for the Dodgers, even though I'm an ape fan to the end, 
I actually knew Duke Snyder growing up as a kid. The boy, he actually invited me to his house and I actually have a painting he gave me that I actually have in my apartment, you know, that I really need a frame. And it says, Kevin, thanks for being my number one fan, Duke Snyder. He gave me from his own house and he lived in Fallbrook down in uh, South uh, San Diego County. So I was like really deep into that whole card scene and eventually you know, but coming back to this, it's like, oh, my God, I got a relic last year, David Dahl. I don't remember getting anything that good ever <laughs> in my life, you know, because inserts were a thing in the 80s. You know what I mean? You're right. like digging to get that in 1983. You're like, oh, yeah, I get that Wade Boggs, Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn or Cal Ripken Jr. rookie card, you know, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. But Michael, tell you, I still have some great autographs that he's holding on to me, holding on for me. And like the, the best thing I have here is like a baseball or I'm sorry, I have a bat signed by Val. God, 10, 15 Hall of Famers. I have a pair of Muhammad Ali gloves signed here. You know, I got some good items. So I'm happy I still have some of that stuff. He, ha- he has a Sadaharo O uh, signed Sports Illustrated. Yes, it's sir. Just, it's in, it, it's, he has like a Hall of Fame. Like, in his <laughs> he was signing at a card show in, at the Atlantic Events there in like 1993 or 94. And I'm like, I have to get this autographed. It's Sadaharo O. You know, like, yeah. and I had the Sports Illustrated. So, yeah, he's and Michael has it for me. Yeah, just, Kevin, you know, Kevin, Kevin has a uh, Hall of Fame uh, and stuff uh, right behind me uh, sitting here, but he's also lost a Hall of Fame <laughs> worth of stuff Stop. as well. <laughs> okay, here. I'm going to make Daniel sad. Daniel, oh, no. <laughs> uh, here's, a, here's one sad item that disappeared from my house. So back in the 80s, at the end of the season, sometimes they would be auctioning off items from the Angel scene and stuff like that. I actually had – one of the outfield banners from the 25th anniversary of the Angel season. Oh, yeah, they would hang it over the you know the warning of the over the warning track walls, mm-hmm. and we had one of the banners that said 20th anniversary 1961-85, and our goal was to get as many former Angels signed as possible, and we must have had, my God, somewhere around 50 to 75 former Angels autograph it. Oh wow! And I have no idea what happened to it, and that <laughs> oh. kind of breaks my heart a little bit. I know, oh. I know. We yeah. had a, we had that, and our other crazy autograph mission was, and this one disappeared too. We had this Nolan Ryan poster that we matted, and our goal was when he reached was about to reach like the five thousand K mark. There was all these stories going around about it, and one of the things that Sports Illustrated did, they had a list of every single player who got struck out by Nolan Ryan, and from I think Claudel Washington was the most all time back there, like twenty six times, something like that. <laughs> And they listed all these guys, like how many times they're going to start going, Nolan. And my mom and I, for some reason, were like, let's get as many guys as possible to sign Nolan Ryan poster got struck out by him. That's funny. <laughs> That's The funny. best one, we actually had uh, Vita Blue refuse to sign it. Wow. Uh, and because he said it was a negative mark on his career, he refused to sign our poster. Because <laughs> there was actually a senior league baseball league that was going on in the late 80s that played at the old Fiscalini Field in San Bernardino. So I was like, oh, my God, there's all these old players. I can get to sign this poster. And Vida flat out refused. And I'm just, like, like dumbfounded. I'm like, what? <laughs> and Ricky Henderson is the 5,000 strikeout for him. Oh, he wow. actually signed it. Ricky Henderson, 5,000K on our poster. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it, where's that poster? <laughs> that there was one, I can't remember who it was, but one guy was like, man, I don't like this. And he actually signed his name under Ryan's arm, uh, Nolan Ryan's armpit. I'm like, I'm like, this is going to be a funny story for people. This, you know, like 
what? You have me sign this? I'm like, yep. That is, <laughs> you know? that is a good thing. That's pretty reaction funny. reaction to our players. Yeah. That is pretty I funny. I told that one on the podcast. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. That's a good idea. They'll get a list like that and then – you just kind of see who's cool with it, who understands the history behind it, and who's just like, nope, yeah. don't want to uh, remember I, that yeah. part at all. That was the only guy I refused. I got some weird reactions and some laughing and chuckling out of it. Like I said, Ricky laughed and wrote 5,000K on it, which I couldn't I love believe. That. I love yeah. that, Ricky. When my That's parents funny. moved, I, my parents moved to Tennessee in like the mid-2000s. I should, I should have stole that poster. Oh, That's too Sorry. Funny. No, that, that's, a, that's a great story. That's really cool to hear. And I know with, with I just Chris, wish I had it. with Chris, he has a bunch of stuff like that where he gets either the swap meet or has stories behind almost everything. Yeah. So it's really cool to hear stories like that from from you know other fans and other people that are in, in the baseball, not just Angels baseball, but any yeah. kind of baseball. So before we go, Michael, um, again, I want to thank you, all three of you guys, Michael, Angelo, and Kevin, for um, you know chatting with us about you know your what your guys are doing with the uh, beer baseball blog. Michael, tell everybody, I, I know I've said it a couple of times, but go ahead and tell people where they can subscribe, where they can follow and all that stuff to get all your updates. Sure. Um, if you look up Beer Baseball Blogcast on YouTube, uh, we're also uh, Beer Baseball Blog on Facebook, uh, Beer Baseball on Twitter, and we have an Instagram. It's Beer Baseball. So uh, check us out. Uh, we're also, we also uh, stream to Twitch. So we do four platforms. Um uh, all simultaneously, so you can find us all there. So uh, we would love to have you uh, a part of what we're doing. Uh, we're we're looking to grow, and uh, we're really happy about where we're at and and uh, where we're going. We have a lot of stuff uh, in store. I still I'm still sitting on videos from last year of my adventures, um, and uh, yeah, this weekly thing has been something that's kind of. Uh, come up uh, all of a sudden and it's probably been the the best gift that that's been given to us so we're super happy so thanks for having us yeah uh, anytime you need me again i'll probably message you guys just to get a couple recommendations beer wise because you know i don't want to be the newbie and show up with some like you know that random beer or something like that i want to i want to i want to at least look like i know what i'm talking about when i get on there but um Angelo, again, I know you're not big on social media, but if you want anything out there, want to say anything out there before I let you go, go ahead. You know, Daniel, hey, thank you so much uh, for for having me on. Uh, huge fan of the uh, of the podcast, and I uh, can't wait to have an opportunity to to meet you guys in person. Uh, but yeah, tune in every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, uh, Beer Baseball Broadcast, and uh, tune in tomorrow specifically. I'm really excited about not only the beer that I'm going to be uh, drinking tomorrow. Uh, but our special guest, uh, as well as uh, looking forward to hopefully getting my first big win in backcourt tomorrow. So, Daniel, thanks again for having us. No problem. Go ahead, and Kevin. I know you have a couple uh, social media feeds out there. Go ahead and tell the people where they can follow you. All right. If you want to see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Lock and Lowell. That's L-O-K-N-L-O-L-L to see what I'm up to. And otherwise, yes, please support your local business during all this. Support your local brewery. There's, I've been trying to do that this whole time, and I've had some great beers as a result. Awesome, guys. Thank you again very much. I'm very much looking forward to jumping on with you guys on your end of, uh, of the social media thing. So, um, again, thank you very much. Hi, I'm Jose Mora, and you're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And we're back. Thank you very much. Um, I want to thank the guys again for just – um uh, chatting with me uh michael angelo and kevin again great guys a lot of fun talking about baseball a lot of fun talking about beer and and honestly some of the stuff we're talking about with the beer stuff like i i'm like 
I think a, a lot of people where they like to watch a game, enjoy a beer and just kind of relax. But, um, you know, some of the craft stuff I was never too sure about, but it was really cool talking to them about it and kind of, um, picking their brain about it because they are very passionate and, and know quite a bit about that stuff. So, um, that was also a very cool uh, conversation that we had about it. So again, um, thank you for listening. Go check these guys out again. I'll put their, their links, their, uh, names to all their Twitters and, 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 Instagram and all that stuff in the description. So give them a follow. Um, so next Thursday or this coming Thursday, this is going to be a busy week, two podcast week. We are, or I just got done talking to Mark Gubiza, obviously from Fox sports West. Um, talk about the season, talk about, you know, how the season might affect um, some of the pitchers and the angels organization and, and kind of what his thoughts about all the negotiations and all that stuff too. So definitely keep a check out, uh, check out for that. That's going to be Thursday, like our normal time uh for the podcast um but yeah definitely download subscribe help us spread the word um write a review um for uh, you ios users your apple users write a review that again helps us spread the word um for people trying to look for an angel podcast so um we're trying to grow this we're trying to do it better uh we did a video stream last time on thursday so hopefully we can do more and more that when me and johnny are back together again so again thank you so much for listening we'll be back thursday with my interview with mark gubaza until then see you later VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.